is the Good Neighbor Podcast, the place where local businesses and neighbors come together. Here's your host, Lisa Swiftney. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode number 62 of the Good Neighbor Podcast. Today, we are broadcasting from Unwine Winery Bragg Group, which is part of Connect Macomb. Today, we have Good Neighbor Ken Maciejewski with Simple Home Lending. How are you doing today, Ken? I am doing fantastic. It's good to be here. And again, thank you for doing this. It's always uh, it's a great chance, a great platform to expand our businesses and, and let people know about us. So but I'm doing great. Great. Thank you. So Ken, let's first start off by telling our audience a little bit about your business. What do you do? I was with Simple Home Lending. I've been in the mortgage business <clears throat> since I tripped out of college in the mortgage business in 1997. And I fell into it. And uh, it has been a glorious uh, journey there. Uh, Simple Home Lending, the group that we have is uh, we've been together for 25 years. We were uh, 12 years in Flagstar Bank, and then 10 years we were the Mortgage One, and then uh, four years ago we started Simple Home Lending to work under our own umbrella. So um, that is uh, what we do, and we just do mortgages, help people finance houses, refinance houses, reverse mortgages, and just advise people on their finances to help make them right to help them make right decisions. So that's great. So tell our audience, what are some of the advantages of working with a broker correspondent lender as opposed to a bank or a big mortgage company? Well, I always try to imagine I'm 100% commission and I get 100% of my own business. I have to go around and give hugs and kiss babies. And when I get that phone to ring, I don't ever want it to be about price. So I'm always going to hang my license where I have the best chance to succeed. And we all know money's green no matter where you go. So um, you want to get it at the cheaper price. Um, at sales, we don't always want to sell on price, but uh, I want to start off at the base. So I always going to go where that price is the most important for me that I can offer to my clients. Service is always going to be there. But um, working for a broker correspondent is where you're going to get that. There's less middlemen. And as a correspondent lender, we uh, fund all of our own loans and then we allocate the, uh, the, uh, the servicing to other companies. Most of us goes to United Wholesale Mortgage. And which is a local in Auburn Hills. So there's about eight, 10,000 people that work there. So when you do a mortgage with us, you're really uh, about 95% of our mortgages go there. You're going to be supporting local business and employment in our area, which I think is important. So that is good to know. What makes you unique in your approach um, in working with your clients? I like to invest into the relationship with my clients. And my biggest thing is like trying to work with them three to six months beforehand. Most clients will go directly to a real estate agent, which is okay. And then we as mortgage loan officers, you know, go to the real estate agents and try to get the business. But really the best thing a client can do is sit down with us in three to six months beforehand and invest the time with them to educate them on the process the markets are constantly changing. So as you step into the market, if you if you come to me a week or two beforehand and want to get started, I can happily help you out. Uh, but the best advice is my time is free. We sit down, we go through your situation, what your expectations are. And then if you have a family, we can also talk about setting budgets, you know, because this market with the higher rates and um, prices going up, you have to you know, understand and surrender to the process and um, also be able to make just uh, have measuring sticks to make decisions. And being a uh, finance major and being in the business for 25 years, I think that's something that I speak well into. 
and um, we're able to uh, really get them to feel comfortable. And I always talk, it's like it's an addition by subtraction when you're going through this process. And the subtraction is to take away the questions, take away the anxiety. So as you step forward and get active in the process, you can make smart decisions and kind of know how to do that. Three to six months beforehand really gives me the opportunity to put them in the best position and help them do that. What advice do you have for your clients considering entering the home purchase market? It's scary right now, for sure. It's scary to be a mortgage loan person because it's, I always draw the analogy, it was like picking apples from a tree when the rates are in the twos, and now it's like finding needles in a haystack. Uh, but that's okay. The market, uh, the pendulum swings and it'll come back. But uh, as this market, as we look at it, is um, it's you have to, you know, a lot of people look at the higher rates and the higher prices of homes and think it's not a good time, but they're really have not comparing it against something that's logical. We saw in the foreclosure crisis, big dips, and uh, there's a lot of fear that ruled the market. I think right now there's a low inventory. I think prices are going to be steady to slightly increasing for some time. And rents are going up, so they really have to, you know, it's comparing and understanding the market and knowing it because it is a little bit scary um, when you could, you know, buy a house at 200000 for $1,200 a couple of years ago where now it's $2,000, so it's uh, 1800 to 2000 So, But the one thing I will say is we have the same marry your house and date your interest rate. We all know that rates are going to come back down again, and they're um, so, but uh so you can kind of reconcile your decision moving forward with these things. And again, this will uh, speak well as we go into meeting with me three to six months beforehand before they uh, dip your toes in the water, so to speak. So speaking of interest rates, where do you see interest rates trending in the next coming months and coming years? I just go by what I'm seeing online. I look at different things. Uh, Matt Ishbia from United Wholesale, um, you know, he has expectations and I've seen them. And it kind of aligns with a couple of other different um, uh, market watch for uh, CNBC. And, uh, you know, probably in the short term, steady to slightly increasing a little bit more. But the end of this year into next year, we'll probably see start to see some drops, not aggressive drops next year. But uh, it'll, you know, they're expecting the expectations are like some getting into the fives by next year into the fours by 2025. And if that happens and you buy a house at $300,000 mortgage and you can save one and a half or 2%, you know, you'll have an option to save that 500 bucks. You cannot put that money in the bank, so to speak. You got to keep your fingers crossed, but chances are and history tells us that rates will come down. So if you do kind of press the envelope on the house that you buy, you'll have those, uh, you can hopefully those options uh, to refinance in the future. That kind of leads us into our next question here. What type of loan products do you offer? Um, you know, most mortgage companies offer a lot of the same things as a, as a bro. You know, you have your conventional and your government products, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, which is conventional. You have the USDA, which is the United States Department of Agriculture on rural development loans. And that's north of 26 mile road. And that's a zero down loan. I love the VA loans for veterans. It's a zero down loan. We have home improvement loans. Another one that we're starting to do more of with uh, inflation eating seniors uh, budgets is reverse mortgages. I just did one, we're just doing one for my mother-in-law right now, who's, uh, you know, she lives down in Florida and her her income's getting tapped. She lost income, her her husband passed, and so she lost that income. And then 
the hurricane happened and then association dues are going up. So the reverse mortgage is allowing her to stay in the house. And uh, one other product is called the non-QM. It's a non-conventional. It's not like the old fashioned non-conventional where they were risky loans. These are loans for people like I have a client that uh, 25% down. We're not even listening to their employment. They're going to get their loan. Slightly higher rate, but uh, they're very liquid. But they have a new franchise that they bought and started and don't have a history of self-employment. But they have the money and the wherewithal to be able to afford the house. So those non-QM products are really a good option for people that might be self-employed or have unique situations. So. There are many products that you do offer. Yes, yes, yes. How does your credit score influence your options when getting a mortgage? Your credit score influences your options. Um, I mean, at a 5% down loan, if you bought a $300,000 house, if you come to me with a 680 credit score as opposed to a 780 credit score, it's about the difference of about $250, $300 in the payment. Now, if you translate that to affordability in the house, you're talking $30,000, $40,000 extra that you can afford having a 680 to 780 at the same payment. Again, it goes back to uh, meeting me three to six months beforehand because uh, credit is a game. It's played one of two ways. You learn to play it or it plays you. So if we learn to play it, it's just an algorithm. That's all you're doing is you got to understand the algorithm and what you need to do. And there's very simple things that you can do that uh, and, and very little effort and get online to dispute things, get deletions. Uh, add a credit card, get an authorized user on the family's credit card. There's a lot of little ways that you can get it. But uh, the credit score definitely influences your options here. Underwriters, uh, you know, it's chance to get the mortgage, a lower credit score, the higher chance that you're not going to get approved. But beyond that, uh, the better the credit score, you know, the same house you're buying is going to be several, two, three hundred dollars cheaper, maybe just having that higher score. So how do interest rates affect a mortgage? Interest rates uh, affect the mortgage in just that way. They just it's just the payment and um, the uh, you know the interest rates as the interest rates go up, the houses become less affordable. So the prices and the payments. So it's always nice when we see the rates down in the twos and the threes because at three hundred thousand dollar houses, you know it's going to be about four dollars per thousand as opposed to right now is six and a half dollars per thousand in the payment. So as the interest rates go up, the houses and the payments become less affordable and it squeezes people out of the market. But right now there's a low inventory. So which means that uh, there's still a lot of purchasers. So it's not really reflecting in home prices, you know, coming down. They're actually still going up. So. So in something like that with an interest rate, would you suggest um, if somebody gets a more higher price mortgage, a adjustable rate versus a fixed rate? Well, the adjustable rate is always a good option when we have what's called an inverted yield curve. So the adjustable rates are really not any better than the 30-year fixed rates right now. So there's no sense to take them. And when we're anticipating recessions, an inverse yield curve just means like the short-term rates are actually, the treasury bonds are higher than the long-term rates. So there's not really any uh, uh, benefit to do an arm right now. So. Um, some of the some of the banks and the credit unions do have portfolio programs where they'll offer an arm at a little bit cheaper, and that's sometimes uh, an option for people. But um, right now, for the most part, there's very uh, the arms are not just in existence. It's been about 10, 10, 12 years since I sold an arm. So, okay, what are the main components you review when you're determining a, if a client is able able 
um, to be pre-approved for a mortgage? Number one, of course, is credit, which we went through. Right. Number two, the measuring stick. If you have the money down and, uh, and you know, it's a, the measuring stick for most and about 90, 95% of my loans are conventional loans where we, we review the income as your debt to income ratio. So you take all the minutiae out of the, the mix and it comes down to a debt to income ratio, what your income is divided by, you know, what your debt load is. So sometimes we can manipulate your debt loads, consolidate some credit cards into a fixed rate loan. Um, but that's the biggest component of affordability because the government uh, makes it illegal to uh, predatory lending to give loans to people they can't afford. And typically that's 47 to 50% of the debt or their totally monthly gross income. So that is the biggest measures that we have to get is on their income. And then there's different guidelines they give us for how we have to calculate income. But there's a lot of times ways we can, you know, legit ways uh, of working a little bit harder to, you know, to, the income for the underwriter because they're always going to be most conservative to protect the, the mortgage industry, but also on the debt load. You come to me three or six months beforehand. I've had people with own their car free and clear and have 12 grand in credit card and we've refinanced the car and pay off the credit cards at you know five percent interest rate and save them two or three hundred dollars a month. And and uh, so that's a uh, way. So that component, uh, the, we got the credit, the income, and the down payment. And, you know, the greater the down payment, the more the options are. And if you can get to 20%, you get out of the PMI. So, but uh, those are the main components. So here's a, a fun question that we hear a lot. So you have, you're working with um, a couple, they're going to purchase their house. Gardner White has a sale with 0% interest for three years. When do you recommend that they can purchase new furniture for their house? They can call at the closing table. Right after they close. Yes, but do not do anything until after that closing because anytime they do what's called data verify. So in the age of technology, data verify will, they know what you ate for dinner last night. So, um, and, uh, but the, anything that you do with credit inquiries in there that would come up. So if you did have something, and I've had the situation where the people bought a car or they did something outside and um, didn't listen, and that created big problems uh, because anytime that happens, we have to go back to the underwriter, and it could affect the approvability of the mortgage. So, again, after you're done, um, you can do a credit inquiry and line everything up. It, you know, I would suggest not to because it just creates another step. Just wait to right after you close and to do the credit inquiry. So. Because if you did the credit inquiry and you didn't obtain the credit, then you'd have to write a letter of explanation and proof that you did not obtain the credit. Because in the mortgage business, you're guilty until proven innocent. Right. So can you get a mortgage without a credit score? Yes, you can. Um, right now, we have a lender through FHA. Um, I had a client right now that uh, he's rented a house for eight years. He does not pays everything for cash, doesn't have a car loan, has nothing, literally no credit score, but he has 20% down, has his utilities, his insurance, and we can do what's called non-traditional lines of credit. We can get those added to the credit bureau. So it really is not having no credit score, but we create that credit score in legit ways based on their payments. So there's uh, our credit services has a way to add those on there. Like Verizon, utilities, don't report, but you can self-report utilities course you want to make sure you pay those utilities on time and not when the shutoff notice comes because then it's not going to reflect well on your credit but if you're paying it well 
it, it's, a, it's a very easy way to manufacture a credit score, but tactically we don't need that. We can add those to the credit reports, uh, but you'll get a better deal if we get the credit score up. So uh, okay. get the credit score. So. Lots of good information. So tell our listeners, what's the difference between being pre-qualified and being pre-approved? Um, you know, it is kind of a vague thing, you know, because it's pre-approved, pre-qualified is basically you tell me all the information, you, you what you make and what your credit score is and everything. And it's like you're pre-qualified for this amount. That's not, uh, real estate agents will tell you it's not, they don't want a pre-qualification letter. They want the pre-approval letter. The pre-approval letter is when we get all the documents in hand. We have the loan registered and we run it through desktop underwriting. And um, if there was any questions with uh, uh, where an underwriter might question the data points used to get the approval, we'll send it to the underwriter. It's a lot of times very good to have the, you know, and people with commissions are self-employed where the income is kind of questionable or, uh, we'll send it to the underwriter because we want to make sure that there, that pre-approval letter, there's not going to be any hurdles uh, to close. On my job, I always tell my clients is like to figure out why your loan's not going to get done. So we do that up front to make sure. And that's important for me because my reputation on the street of being able to get deals done helps my next client when they have an offer in with that agent. If the deal falls through, they're less likely going to be to accept an offer from another client. So we're really careful to do that. But the pre-approval is when we go through the, you know, uh, get all the documents, run it through desktop underwriting, because that's really, and then the underwriter's job is just to verify the integrity of the information that we use to get that response. And if we need to do that, we'll go there. And that's a full pre-approval. Great. Well, Ken, you have shared a lot of great information with us today. I want to thank you for your time and being a guest on our Good Neighbor podcast. Thank you very much. And I appreciate it again. Thanks for listening to the Good Neighbor Podcast, Rochester. To nominate your favorite local businesses to be featured on the show, go to gnprochester.com. That's gnprochester.com or call 248-988-9640.